going to be talking about giving. Hallelujah. In fact, when I say giving, what comes to mind is giving offerings in church. Giving is wide, it's broad. It's not just offering. It's not only offering in church. It's not about tithes. It's not about offering, really. Giving. We're talking about time. Giving your time. We're talking about giving your talent. We're talking about giving so many things. Apart from um, uh, money. Yeah, the church needs money. Everybody, we all need money. But giving, even to individuals. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, our first reading is actually Philippians 4, 10 to 19. It's a long one, and I'm going to do that quickly. Philippians 4, 10 to 19. Yeah? Philippians 4, 10 says, Are we there? I'll bring it up. Give you some time to open to that place. Philippians 4 10 to 19. Alright, says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that I mean that now at the last your care of me have flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. See, they were caring, but they lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content to be content. I know how both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both of I mean both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Alright? Verse 14 says, Notwithstanding, we have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Alright? Now verse 16 says, For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Alright? That's people trying to communicate with Paul there. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Hallelujah. Let's take note of that. Not because I desire a gift. Now, let's even talk about Paul. Paul was not poor. Do you know that? Paul in the Bible was not poor. He was a tent maker. Even while he was preaching, he was still making tents. Alright? Making tents in those days is like, it's like a builder. Alright? Maybe an architect or a builder or whatever it is. Paul was not poor. Alright, so, but he was saying this for some reasons. And that verse 17 says, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruits that may abound to your account. Alright? But I have, I don't know the word verse am I stopping now? 18. Okay, I'm sorry. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus. The things which were sent from you, an odor of a, of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Hallelujah. They were given to God, but the sacrifice was going to God. Alright, so they were given to Paul, but the sacrifice was going to God. And then Paul was not really in need. I don't know if we can figure that out in our mind. He was not a needy person. Paul was not a needy person in any way. But he wrote this in the Bible for some reasons. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to move on to Ephesians 4.28. 
the reason why we work. Some of us think the, the reason we work is to feed our family. It's beyond that. Because if you read in Matthew 6, it says, don't worry about what you eat, the clothing you wear, where you put your head. It, it said, don't worry. But let's read Ephesians 4.28. Alright? Ephesians 4.28. Ephesians 4.28 says, um, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needs. Hallelujah. Let him that still still no more, even that person that is working, let him work. So the reason he's working is because he wants to give to somebody who needs. Hallelujah. It's surprising. Most of us, maybe me, I'm preaching to myself too. When we work, thinking we are just working for ourselves, our family, and all those things. This one says, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needs. Not because he needs uh, to feed his children or whatever. That one is, that one, most of the time, is taken care of. I tell you. All right? Most of the time, is taken care of. And I tell you, God is able to give us more than we even ask. To be able to give to others. Look, it's a body. The body of Christ is just a body. And if anything affects a member in the body, it affects everybody. We've grown into a world, I mean, I mean the UK, for example, we've grown into a world where people get all they can and sit on the can, if you get what I mean. They get everything, they sit on it. And it's like, now, everybody is just watching. Now, in the UK, when you see beggars on the way, I'm included. When you see beggars on the way, you're not excited to give anybody. I, I'm not excited to give anybody begging money. But once in a while, once in a while, something just tells me, okay, just give this person something. We, we are not, in the, in, the, in the United Kingdom, we're not really trained to give. What goes into my mind when I see anybody's benefits? You should be collecting benefits while you're begging. That's what goes into my mind. First, when I see you, I just size the person and say, oh, Go to benefit and I move on. But I tell you, some of those benefit forms, have you seen them? Yes. Oh dear. They need professionals to actually complete them for them. So some of them, instead of complete, some of them are not even, they, they, they have been illiterate. Yeah? That, sorry? Oh, they, in the first place, they have no address first. And in the second place, that form, that form just divides them from not getting anything sometimes. I suppose them. That's the, that's the culture. You see, the system, we have a social system here that does not know God. The social system here, we think it's godly. And they're giving benefit to people. Now, now you, it's not godly. What you're doing here, if you don't have and you don't meet those criteria, you're done. Sometimes, even in the system, you're taking care of young people, taking care of, let them be like, first step into 19. That's all. They're done with you. The system is designed not with the word of God. The way they design the system. It's not with the word of God. It's just secular, very secular. Right? But a lot of us are drawn into this. And then when it comes to giving, it affects even people who are around us. Or oh, should be working and making some money. The Bible doesn't encourage laziness, but 
there's a scripture that I'm going to read later. It does not encourage laziness at all. But what I'm saying is that sometimes we have to look around. The Bible says that if you cannot support the brother that you see every day, how much, if you cannot love, no, it was love. If you cannot love the person you see every day, how can you say you love God? Alright? Somebody is in need, say let us pray where you can meet the need. Alright? That is so, so wrong. We need to actually move. In terms of, look, we're not of the world. We're different. Somebody comes to you, I'm in need of uh, maybe 20 pounds. You are speaking in tongues. <laughs> 20 pounds. In fact, the angels, the angels don't do. No, 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 it's true. You're speaking in tongues. The person needs 20 pounds. You're speaking in tongues and say to me, the angels just do. When you finish, just, just go. Because at the end of the day, the person needs 20 pounds. And sometimes, let me say, let me say this. There's a scripture I'm going to read. You know the scripture that says if you have two coats, it's not 100 coats. Two. Give one. Yeah. Two coats. Give one. Now, we're not talking about 50 coats. Some, some of us say, okay, when we have money, the money is big. And which day? When? When it's big, then I'll just declare surplus. <laughs> which surplus are you going to declare? You see, it's not, we, we have it built up in our minds. But I tell you, the Bible talks about two coats. Give one. Hey, when I read that, I said two coats. How many coats do I have? <laughs> I was asking myself, how many coats do I have? You see, the thing is this. To the extent that in the early, in the early days of the apostles, nobody lacked. Nobody lacked. Hallelujah. Sometimes too, people are quiet. People don't want to say things, but they are hurting. There are things that are happening. People are hurting. They don't want to say things because they, they need somebody to do something, and they can't. Some people are shy. Hallelujah. Even phone numbers. We need to talk to each other more. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if you read, um, let me read. There's so many scriptures, but I just pick the ones that. And uh, uh, Philippians two. Let's read Philippians two. Philippians 2 is close to Ephesians, so just Philippians 2 quickly. Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Esteem each, esteem the other person better than you. How many of us really do that? Because the truth is that the person that is down today will rise tomorrow. The person, you esteem the person better than you. Now, I was reading this scripture and I was asking myself, what about love your neighbor as yourself? <laughs> this one says, esteem him better than yourself. If there's an argument, for example, if there's an argument, you're arguing with somebody and the person is a child of God or you know the person, esteem the person better. Concede. Okay? Because of the body. Hallelujah. Esteem the other person better. Always. Let it always be in your mind. There's no win-win in this situation. You want to win always. I'm a win. No. Esteem him better than yourself, so the Bible says. Hallelujah. Amen. Alright? Now, Matthew 24, 40 talks about um, the list of my stuff, but I'll, I'll read another scripture. Don't, don't worry about that. 
Then Luke 3 11 is the one that talks about having two coats. Alright? Talks about having two coats. Now, these are some of the reasons we work. The reason we work is not just to feed family. God will take care of your family. I tell you, you will, but you keep working. God does not encourage laziness. Work. And then let me encourage you, as you're working, I think one day we'll talk about things. Now, those of you who are doing business, God bless you, because there's so many people, I tell you, who are working and they're doing business at the same time. That is, it is, it is beautiful. Business is not just opening a shop and selling. Mm -mm. You can do business from your home. You can do a lot of other, you know, little things. Even when you invest, you're doing business. Hallelujah. When Jesus Christ told the, the, the rich young man to go and sell his things, he wasn't telling him to go and sell his whole things and give to the poor. He told him to do business. What he told him to do? Go and do business, get some money, give some to the poor. Hallelujah. How can Jesus Christ tell him to sell all his goods, sell, give to the poor and everything? No. What he meant was that he does not think about the poor at all. The rich young man. He said, he said go sell all your goods, Come back and give to the poor, and then you'll be okay. Because all the things Jesus Christ mentioned, he said he's done all. Hallelujah. So what it means is that do some business, do some things, get some more money, get some money, and then share with people. Amen? Alright. If you read the story of the unjust reward, that's Luke 16, 1 to 12. Let me just explain, because let's not read, but just write it down. Luke 16, 1 to 12. Luke 16, 1 to 12 talks about an unjust steward who was stealing money from his master. And as he was stealing money from his master, he quickly, um, he was like the manager in a place. He quickly told people who were owing them, said, Look, how much are you owing? Maybe 100 pounds. If you're owing 100 pounds, just pay 60. I will forgive you. He went on that person, How much are you owing? 60 pounds. He said, Okay, just pay 40. I will forgive you. All right? Now, this guy, this guy has been stealing money and has been using the money for himself. Look, Jesus Christ judged him as a good person. Could you believe that? Why did Jesus judge him as a good Because I was thinking, I said, why did he judge him as a good person, as doing the right thing? Somebody who was changing his master. But look at what happened. If you look at scripture, that was the first time the guy was benefiting any human being. I'm telling you. That was the first time his deed benefited any other human being. If not, he would steal money, he would use it on himself. He would steal money, he would use it. That was the first time he said, okay, okay, how much are you owing? 100, okay, pay 60. That was the first time he was benefiting human being. Because when I read that first, I was asking, ah, Jesus Christ, you've come again. Why are, you, why are you encouraging this man? This man, if I employ him and he does that to me, of course I'll sack him. And he said, this man, he said he should do that so that whenever there is a trouble after, those people will help you. He? Did he go? Do you understand that? Those people he, he actually uh, told to pay less and so on. He favored their help. Until we start doing things and remember people around us or give. Until we start giving consciously, thinking and giving consciously. A lot of things will just remain there. Hallelujah. A lot of things will remain until we start moving, thinking about people around us. So we are so encumbered with 
family, with, with work, with things, we don't even think any other thing. It is the system, that's the way the system has designed it. A lot of us, a lot of us, by a lot of us should have had enough money invest and watch our investments grow and things like that. But it's not so. We, we work, we keep working, we keep working, and to the extent that we don't even think about any other person, any other thing around us, we need to make some effort to do that. Hallelujah. My own work is back to back. Me that I'm talking to you, back to back. Sometimes I don't even see anything when I'm working on until I finish. Hallelujah. But God, what God is actually saying is that whatever you do, remember things around. Remember giving. Giving is in terms of your time, not just money. Your time, your talent, your effort, your pressing, your presence. That's what it is, apart from money. Hallelujah. Now, let me talk about ministry support. <laughs> ministry support, that's the part of giving again, isn't it? If you're supporting a ministry, look, it is the best thing you can do. I'll explain, don't worry. I'll explain. Now, there are so many ministries or supporting the ministry you are in. Hallelujah. Somebody will say that corporation make rice full pot. It's true. If you bring tomatoes, I bring rice. You bring uh, pepper, the rice will be plenty in the pot. That's the way, that's the broken English uh, translation of what I just said. Corporation I make rice full pot. All right? But again, ministry support. Can we read John 4, 34 to 38? Supporting ministries. John 4, 34 to 38. I was reading this John 4, and actually saw this. You know, John 4 is when, when Jesus Christ encountered the woman. You remember? Yeah? Alright, 34 to 38 says, Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, and they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receives wage, I mean wages, and gathers fruits unto eternal life, that both he that sows and he that reaps may rejoice together. Hallelujah. You know, in this case, Jesus Christ was talking to the lady, and the disciples went somewhere to eat. When they came back, they were worried that he had not eaten. Hallelujah. They were worried that he had not eaten. They were asking, Are you not going to eat? Are you not going to eat? He said his meat is to do the work of the Father and to finish it. And then, this place now says, um, I sent, that's 38 said, I sent you to reap that whereon he bestowed. No labor, where you bestowed no labor, where you did not labor actually. My Bible is uh, King James. All right? All the men labored and ye are entered into their labor. So, sorry. No, no, verse 36 says, And he that reapeth received wages and gathers fruit into life eternal, that both he that sows and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Now, what does that mean? You see, when there's a minister, when somebody, for example, an evangelist is going to preach, and then you, the person is going to preach somewhere, and you say, Okay, take this 20 pounds for petrol. You have so you you are reaping from whatever it's going to do. 
Hallelujah. If you say, take this for petrol. Now, let me tell you something. There's what they call nicking in agriculture. Nicking. You know, have you ever asked yourself why seeds don't grow in the fruit? The seed, you, you, the seed will just be there. Except if the condition is actually conditioned, then the seed can, can, can start growing in the fruit. But most of the time, the seed in the fruit does not really grow. Because the fruit, that seed is not exposed. Hallelujah. What farmers do, look, if you, if you do this experiment, if you have beans, um, um, two, if you have two, you plant, if, before you plant one, you scrape the skin before you plant that one, and then plant another one without scraping the, the, the skin. The one you scrape the skin will grow up first. They call it nicking in agriculture. The one you scrape the skin will grow up first, will germinate first. When you give, for example, somebody's going for a minister and you say, okay, take this 20 pounds, just take this 20 pounds, buy petrol. Being specific, you're actually nicking the seed. You are scratching the seed because that seed will actually come back with a lot of fruit. Whatever the person is doing affects you. Hallelujah. Sowing is a very important thing in ministry. But I don't want, you see, if I say that some people say, okay, there are so many calm people around. Well, you have the spirit of God. Get the right work, get the right thing doing. Alright? Get the right person. You're in the ministry and whatever it is, whatever that's what you do. Alright? Get the right thing done. I don't want you to receive I don't want you to hear negative comment and look, there are so many negative people. No. You do the right thing and leave the others. Hallelujah. Psalm 30 verse 34. Let's do something. First Samuel, not Psalm. First Samuel 30 34. I'm talking about ministry support. First Samuel 30 34. First Samuel 30 34. There's no 34. Yeah? No 34. No 34. So that should be 24. Sorry, it should be 2nd Samuel. 2nd Samuel. So 1st Samuel and 2nd Samuel. Twenty-four. Alright, hold on, I'll look for it because I need that scripture. Um, first Samuel 30. Twenty-four. Did I say twenty-four? Twenty-four. Okay, it's twenty-four. Alright, it's twenty-four, sorry, not thirty-four, twenty-four. I told you wrote 34, but I know it's, it has to do with 4. Alright. First Samuel. First Samuel 30-24. Yeah? Sorry about that. 30-24. It says, For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is, he is as, as his part is that goeth down to battle, so shall his part be that chariot by the stuff they shall they shall like this my King James version is uh, now let me let me interpret that you see what this person what what uh, I think David is saying here is that he's talking about the, the Amalekites. he said I mean it's that was Saul when he went to the Amalekites now those that looked after the goods yeah while people went for battle they would all share the same thing did you get that 
Those that looked after the good, what the goods or the stuff, their stuff, while others went for battle, when they come back, they will share the spoil. Everybody will have equal. Did you get that? So when you are when you are when you are actually dealing with any situation in ministry, you look, look there, there are things that you do that will trigger some things in the spirit. Alright? You sow a seed, the person is gone. Whatever the person does there in terms of evangelism or reaching out affects you. That's the way it is. Hallelujah. So sometimes we shouldn't really take ministry for granted and say, okay, somebody is going somewhere, well, let the person go goodbye. So, or, for example, somebody is going for evangelism, even the church here, maybe pastor or anybody is going for evangelism or anything, you say, okay, can I drive you to the airport? You sow your seed. Hallelujah. Driving to the airport, can I drop you at the airport? So you seed. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the Shunammite woman, let's talk about the Shunammite woman. The Shunammite woman observed that Elijah comes every, I mean, comes uh, most of the time to the town. He told the husband, eh, husband, no, there's this minister that comes all the time. Can we just build a place for him? And if you read the whole of that, uh, uh, um, is it 2 Kings chapter 4? If you read the whole of that, you see, after that, the woman had no child. The woman had a child, the child died, they brought the they brought Elijah back and they brought the child back to life. Things just started happening. The husband, man, I want to talk to you a bit here. Now the husband, there's no husband like that here. Amen. Amen. The husband was, but the husband, people blame the husband, say uh, the man did not do anything. But a husband that agrees that you build a house, a room for a prophet, you say he didn't do anything. He did something. The man agreed that the wife should build a place for the prophet. And I tell you, that actually opened up, opened up doors. She had children. I mean, she had a child. The child died. As the child was dying, the, the father went somewhere with the child. I know we have very good fathers in this place. The father went somewhere with the child. The child said, I have a headache. He said, hey, once I'm taking home to his mother. As the child got there, the child died. Hallelujah. We have men. I tell you, I can tell you in this church, we have men. God-given men. Amen? And the women should be saying, louder, saying that louder. Because I know what I'm talking about. And we have lovely women too, but I want to talk about the men now. The men here, the men are such that they think about their homes all the time. They think about their homes. They do things about their homes. And they're there. They are there. And I tell you, the kind of thing that these men, these men do at home, I can't expose it here. Uh, well, well, we all know, they do a lot of things, support, and that is what it is. A man that marries and feels, well, I remember when I first came to this country, I couldn't push the push chair. I felt, ah, it was new, now. I was just coming from Nigeria, I pushed the push chair. Instead, I carried my, I would carry Noye in the hand, and I take uh, children's out to school. My wife would have gone to work, I was working in the night. I take up my children to school. And I tell you, I didn't need to go to gym. My most was That was it. I took advantage of that. And I tell you, when I carried them like this, I know I check myself in the mirror one day. No, they put here. They put here. They put here. They put here somehow. 
But if I carry my child like this, yeah, I tell you, there was more than me. The biceps started coming out, if you know what I mean. I was killing two birds with one stone. And I talked to that. One man was telling me, I don't you have Gucci? I said, I have. None of your business. Just do my, let me just do my thing. And I tell you, it was good. Because each time people go to the and then when I go, I do some push-ups, and my biceps were coming out. And I loved it. Hallelujah. So that's the way it is. Men, 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 men do a lot of things. And God bless you men in this church. Everyone. Hallelujah. Okay? The women, another day we'll talk about you. Amen? Well, you guys are wonderful women, I tell you. Lovely women. And God bless you. All right. Now, John 4, 34 to 38, we've read that before. 1 Samuel 30, 34, 30, 24, not 20, 34, 30, 24, talks about those who went to war and those who stayed behind. They shared equally. And that's about giving to. Hallelujah. All right? Because when you encourage people to go to war or you give them room, give them enough room to do what they are in, in the body, evangelism or whatever, it that's it. You share of the load or whatever benefit or blessing that comes with it. Hallelujah. Alright? Philippians 4.17 talks about, we read that before, it is to your account. Credit to your account when you do these things. Alright? It just credits to your account. Now, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. I want to read that. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Alright? 2 Corinthians 9, 6. says, But this I say, He which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which sows um, uh, bountifully shall reap what? Bountifully. No. Sowing and reaping, you sow sparingly. Sparingly, you know what it is, small. Alright? You sow small, you reap small. You sow big, you reap. It is biblical. Hallelujah. Now, sowing small and sowing big is not in terms of the amount, really. Mm -mm. Sowing small is in terms of your heart. Your heart. The Bible says that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. I know there are some giving that are not cheerful. I tell you, it pains. Yeah, there are some giving when you want to give like that. You say, oh God, did you really say this? You know, your Lord, your Lord, your, your spirit is dragging back and you're doing it and you do it. And then after some time, you see joy just flood your mind and your heart because you've done it, you've obeyed and, done, and you've done it. There's some giving that hurts, alright, as you're doing it, you know, like one man of God said, uh, um, he got, he got, somebody gave him a big car, somebody, one man of God, somebody gave him a big car, and he just, uh, you know, he just uh, rejoiced, he go, in fact, somebody actually imported the car for him, I'm telling you, let me use the word, he went there, collected it at the, at the Tinkan, and as he was coming, he said, God told him not to drive the car to his house, go and give it to somebody. You know, just told him, God just told him. He said, God told him, don't take the car to your house, give it out to somebody. And he said, God, this car, I've looked forward to this car, I've traveled all the way, I've come here to pick the car, you're telling me to. He said, No, take it to him. And as he was giving it to him, the man said, uh, The man said, Oh, I've been praying for this car. 
the man got angry. He said, pay for this car. He said, he said, this is the kind of thing I'm going to pay for this. But I just told God that God should just give me this car. He said, you, you're praying for this car. And, I, and God just, he said, just take it and go. Just, that was what he told him. They said, give me that heart. Because when you're doing it, it's, it, it's, 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 it's getting, it, it's pinching. Hallelujah. But then at the same time, God loves a cheerful. When you do that, you'll be cheerful. The, 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 the joy will come. You'll be overflowed with joy. Hallelujah.